0: Hey, Rockheads! Stop arguing about Vista's release date and listen up! It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Jeff Maciolik, here to announce show number 170 with guest Tim Huckabee, recorded live Friday, March thirty first, 2006. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering a whole suite of on-site and remote classes in .NET 2.0 technologies online at www.franklins.net and by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications online at www.telerik.com Support is also provided by Developer Express, Crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. And by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who just can't stop catching his pops, Carl Franklin. Thank you very much. This is Carl Franklin. You're
1: listening to .NET Rocks again. We got to start thinking about Show 200 because it comes this year. Oh, my God. I don't it's even want to think imagine, about it. It's hard to imagine, but it's true. And we got to get all those people back to call in with their phone calls and say, we'll have to do something a little different for 200. The Bicentennial Show. <laughs> As if. Hey, Richard, we got some email. Um, This one... A little displeased with our show on uh, globalization outsourcing that we did with uh, Stephen Forte a couple weeks ago. Right. And this is from Andre in Huntsville, Alabama. And he says, hi, guys. I've been listening to your show for quite some time now and always enjoy it. However, to be honest with you, I was astonished when you did the show about outsourcing. I thought it was a pretty important subject, so I tuned in. I just can't believe that you were coming to the conclusion at the end of the show that outsourcing is a good thing, and it opens so many new quote-unquote opportunities for people. Your show is all about developing.net, so you are essentially catering to the developing community. To tell every one of us that it is a good thing that our jobs will be gone is a total disservice to your audience. When you talk about new opportunities, you should at least be honest about it that the only people who will benefit from this are business owners, just like the guests you had on. So what should the rest of us do? Dump our skills, knowledge, experience, and take a job as a burger flipper just to get by? Certainly I don't blame companies for outsourcing. They are bound by the laws and take, they just take advantage of it. The people that are really to blame are our politicians. After all, this is a country by and for we the people. The members of Congress were elected by us to help the American people and not just a few multinational corporations who have no allegiance to the U.S. at all. Your comparison to the 1820s is, in my view, an absolute joke. It took me, I think he's talking about Stevens comparison, but I don't doubt that he thinks I am also an absolute joke. Uh, it took me about 10 years of hard studying and working to get to the point where I am now. Do you think it took people in the clothing industry in 1820 also 10 years to gain all the skills that they need? Andre. Well, Andre, uh, I thought I took a pretty uh neutral stance in that show i'll have to go back and listen to it and you know uh one of the things that i did say was i I did bring that up that outsourcing is uh you know sounds great from a business perspective but what about the people
2: i was an interesting uh comparison he made there talking about how uh steven is apparently a multinational corporation yeah you know, he's, uh, he's got a little company based in New York. He has several developers working for him in New York. And he also has a couple of projects that he's farmed out to offshore locations as well. Uh, this is not just big companies doing this and exploring these opportunities. This is all sorts of different businesses with a full spectrum of work. And it's not mutually exclusive. It's not like every job's going offshore. Some right. are, some aren't. Some projects make some, some don't. Uh, I hope we got enough of the message from Steve that uh, he's had some problems with this as well. In fact, we were right. laughing about it. I talked to him uh, a couple of weeks later when one of his projects that is running from India uh, came unraveled. Things went seriously wrong and he was cleaning up the mess. Mm. So,
1: you know, nothing's perfect and there's no one way to do any of this. And, so- the, you know, the real thing that I wanted to get across is that this is the new reality. The new reality is we're in a global market. And you're going to be competing with people all over the world, and uh, you know I don't think it's good that anybody's job goes by. In fact, that's why we had the show, is to to hopefully you know wake some people up to the fact that you know certain realities are are happening and what you can do about it. And in fact, I thought I thought uh, we did a pretty good job of of asking that question. You know, what can a developer do? Uh, by no means do I think that it's a good idea that everybody uh, that everybody uh, lose their job. So,
2: in other news, uh, we got an email from Jason Follis. Jason. Yeah, one of our uh, loyal listeners, and he's also the VP in NorthwestOhio.net users group. And a Pwop ambassador. Indeed. And uh, he's uh, filling us in on a day of .net based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Apparently, several different user groups got together on this, uh, including uh, the Toledo, Ohio group, NW Nug, and the Ann Arbor group. Uh are all and the the guys, the INETA guys in uh Detroit as well. So they're putting together a sh- a a day of net. In fact, they have the best domain name I've seen yet. <laughs> it's dayof.net.org. <laughs> it's awesome. It's cool. Anyway, they're covering the full spread of things. Uh the uh ASP.net, smart clients, some security, SQL Server, Agile methods, and so forth. So we're looking at something very code camp like, although they didn't use that term. And uh Registration is going to open in April. The show itself is on Saturday, May 13th, and that's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Excellent. All free, of course. Local speakers speaking. They got four different tracks going.
1: And uh, you can always be sure if Jason's uh, involved in it that it's going to be a great event. Um, speaking of great events, intellectualhedonism.com formally unveiled itself this week. This is my new blog, my old blog at weblogs.asp.net. Uh, is still there, but really only as a record of the past, and uh, it's going to stay there. But uh, all new posts will be done at intellectualhedonism.com. Yes, that's right, that's what I said. So a couple of the posts that I have up there include uh, me professing my new love for U-Torrent, or MicroTorrent, it's actually the little micro symbol, uh, but it looks like a U, and utorrent.com, it's a BitTorrent client that is native Windows, only only 155K. Awesome. Amazing. And, and uh, we have been using Azurius as our BitTorrent client, and I have promptly uninstalled Azurius from all of my machines. Azurius, while did the job most of the time, uh, tended to bonk once in a while. It's also a Java app, so it's big, it's slow, it eats memory like a pig. And uh, uTorrent's just small, fast, and doesn't even have a setup. It's just an EXE. Boom, run it. Uh, we love it. And yeah, you got me converted now,
2: too. I just found with Azurius, you never really knew what it was up to. Sometimes there's a reason why it had a menu item called Restart Azurius. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> that was sort of your first reflex. Just reboot the app every so Indeed. often. Indeed. So,
1: uh, we, so we are actually hosting all of our BitTorrent shows with uTorrent now instead of Azurius. And we're using the BitComet tracker, which is doing the job just fine so far. So we've been doing that for about a month now, and it seems to be working. Another thing that I want to announce is, uh, and I'm sure Tim will be happy about this, is that we've released, or Pwop has released, well, okay, I have released uh, Pwop catcher Alpha. Pwop catcher is a an RSS aggregator for podcasts. Uh, it's very easy to use. It's a .NET app. It's published with ClickOnce. It's a .NET 2.0 application. Right now, it's functional. Um, The UI that uh, I unveiled last year is not there yet. It will be. But it's all explained on my blog at intellectualhedonism.com. So go there and check it out. All right. On to the show. Tim Huckabee is a regular on .NET Rocks. I would call him a regular because he's been on three times or so. He is a CEO of Internology, a custom application development firm comprised of experts in Microsoft.NET tools, servers, and platforms. As a software development lead, architect, author, and speaker, Tim has 25 plus years' experience, including serving on a Microsoft product team as a development lead on an architecture team. Tim has been awarded multiple times for the highest rated keynote and technical presentations for Microsoft and numerous other technology conferences held around the world, and is consistently rated in the top 10% of all conference speakers. Welcome back, Tim Huckabee.
3: Wow. Hi. Hello, gentlemen. Hey. That's a little embarrassing, listening to that.
1: Well, if you got it, flaunt it.
3: does it portray how pretty I am, which is the most important thing, of
2: course. Well, that, that new photo of you is awesome, man. There,
3: oh, there's a new photo.
2: I date you, no
1: question.
3: Did, did somebody airbrush me to look, make me look pretty?
1: Did you take that photo at the same time you took the other one? What, what
3: is? I need to look at what you guys are looking at. My God!
1: What is it with you taking pictures on an angle against a sunset? What is that all about? Are you, are you like some kind? Of, right, are you like I the Hugh Hefner talk. of the .NET world?
3: Oh, I see what you're looking at. <laughs> hey, what's up with
1: that? Yeah, what is up with that? All you I, need is a pipe and a smoking jacket, man. And so a babe on had each this, side.
3: This gal that and she made me wear that leather jacket and <laughs> one might speculate about my sexuality by looking at me there and then <laughs> <tilted> the, <laughs> the camera sideways yeah um sorry you can mock me for that go ahead
1: okay i think we have all right good so we're talking about adoption of dot net among other things and um uh, this is an area that you know a lot
4: about
3: well I'm i'm fascinated by it because you know, like you guys, when when .NET when we first were briefed by Microsoft, when, what what the hell did we call it? The Windows Global Naming
1: Service. Next Win Windows Next Generation Next Generation Windows Services. Yeah,
3: it, doesn't that seem like an eternity ago? And yeah, when Microsoft uh, that was what two thousand. Yeah, and where we're about I don't know five six years later, and could we have predicted that .NET would have taken off as as much as it has, and, and I don't need to to speculate, I mean, IDC, which if you want to go check them out, I think they're idcresearch.com,
4: and they're one of those
3: independent, you know, firms that does all these, these huge uh, studies, and uh, their recent numbers on .NET adoption versus J2 are, like, shocking, and, and I wish I could, you know, I wish I could show you the, the numbers in Excel, but... Um net-net in small companies, dot-net is at 50% and larger uh, versus J2, which is at about at a 29% adoption rate. Wow. And where J2 really owns the world and always has and frankly will for a long time because of you know 10- and 20-year capital investments with amortizations of hardware and such, so you can't expect J2 to be ripped out quickly, and that's in the very large orgs. And .NET adoption is at 41% in the largest organizations of the world.
1: Right? Wow, that's great.
3: It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, in six so years then, flat. So then,
3: you know, I, I'm lucky. Microsoft sends me all over the world, and I get to speak to these developer audiences that just dig .NET so much. But i got to tell you, recently, in my world travels, I have never seen so much um, .NET adoption in these companies.
4: That's great. Uh, Well,
1: like, for instance, where have you been lately?
3: Well, I did this, I got to tell you, I did one of the the most fun trips, business trips I've ever done. And uh, people raised a few eyebrows about it when I told them. But I went to the Middle East just recently, about three weeks ago, in fact. And I went to Dubai, which is kind of a famous city in the United Arab Emirates, especially now because of that port debacle. Right. I guess we're not supposed to talk politics on this show, so I'll just, (laughs) (laughs) we'll, we'll graze over that. But nonetheless, um, uh, you know, we have some opportunities over there to build some software. And then I flew, and you really got to know your geography. And as as a typical American, even I had to stare at the map to figure out where I was going. But uh, I went to Oman, a town called Muscat, Oman, which is their capital. And that's on the, although they control the entrance to the Persian Gulf, um, they're on the Arabian Sea side. Right. So dramatically different in, in terms of uh, uh, just the ecosystem and, and nature and, and such. Uh,
4: Oman has also had,
3: just out of curiosity, the, the longest relationship with the United States of any Middle East country. Wow. So suffice it to say, this is very friendly type place. But what I was shocked at is how um, beautiful it is. I mean, tropical and lush. I wish I could send you the pictures I took. Uh, now, they have a summer that is... Almost unlivable, but nonetheless, just a beautiful place. So, wow, um, we have an opportunity with a local partner there and Microsoft to, uh, you know, without breaking NDA, it's uh, a government project, public portal type thing, mm-hmm. large project. And this RFP was written specific. I mean, you can tell those of those of us who have been in the business and have been responding to government RFPs for a while you know exactly that IBM handheld them through this RFP
4: request for a proposal written,
3: right yeah sorry this request for proposal this 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 document we're supposed to respond to and IBM has written this for websphere to win it you can just tell and and those of there's people in your audience who are shaking your heads their heads saying i know exactly what tim is talking about <laughs> so nonetheless i think we're going to steal this one you know wow we
4: can, congrats yeah. man
3: because we could do it for half the cost. Yeah. Net-net. Dot-net dot is just
2: so much more productive, production. And that's really what we're walking into. The reason that dot-net adoption has gone so well is that it builds software fast. Exactly. Yep.
3: And and that means it's more inexpensive and, you know, the world isn't driven totally by technology. It's driven by budgets and money, and stuff like that, as we all know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very encouraged about this opportunity, but... It, One of the more amusing meetings I had was from the Big Cheese himself, the um, uh, prime minister of the sultan, uh, the guy who owns the the finances, the minister of the economy. Wow. Yeah. The Alan
1: Greenspan of Oman.
3: Well, and some other (laughs) people in our government, or in the United States government, that is. Um, Yeah, so I had to address him as your excellency,
1: Excellent. <laughs>
3: the, the whole day, I had to wear a suit, and you know, God, I haven't—I don't wear suits except at weddings and funerals.
4: Still, <laughs> so,
3: and and you know that. So, I'm trying to portray this. this meeting started out very stuffy. Yeah. Uh, very formal, and we had to wait till he picked up his cup of tea before we could do it. You know, I got—I got, I got uh, clearly—I got briefed culturally.
2: This sounds right, more walk. like sitting with royalty than with government.
3: Right, right. But as we got going in this two-hour meeting, this hour meeting that was supposed to be two hours, it's me, Rodney Guzman from Internology, and then a couple, um, a couple of our Internology guys over there, uh, Hafid al-Rawawi and Fadi al-Rukbi,
4: hmm. and, and that's
3: it, and the, the prime minister guy. And as this meeting got going, you know, we started talking about technology and net adoption and then he started lecturing us on how much he liked .NET, how much he likes how Microsoft has changed over the years, and how excited he was about the opportunity.
4: Sweet. And I was
1: just
3: sitting there just blown away in shock, thinking like, oh my God, how lucky am I to be sitting here on the other side of the world listening to this guy who controls seemingly a $40 trillion budget talk to me about .NET.
1: That's amazing. Isn't that cool? That's great, man. Yeah. Great nice story. place to be.
3: Yeah. So, so there's the the good news is it's a beautiful place. Their beaches are amazing. There's tons of Europeans that vacation there. Their hotels are lavish. Um, uh, the bad news is it's it's the other side of the world. So from where I live, it's a 24 hour journey. Yeah. You know, so it's not the type of place that you could vacation at easily. Oh, did I tell you this? We stayed in Michael Jackson's hotel room.
2: <laughs> no. Did you really?
3: <laughs> no. Sorry, you're going to have to beep that. <laughs> was guys, he there? You guys, so Rodney, uh, I don't know if you remember him, Rodney, my right-hand man from Internology. Sure, sure. he was there they, on the
1: road
4: trip.
3: Yeah, they bumped us. For some reason, the Hyatt bumped us to a, this, you know, what do they call it, Sultan's Suite or something like that. Uh, because they needed two rooms. They said, hey, would you guys mind staying in the same room? You'll have your own bedrooms." We've been traveling for 24 hours. So we're like, yeah, sure, no problem and they march us up to a hotel suite that is bigger than our house.
4: Wow. <laughs> I mean like
3: I'm talking 3000 square feet of hotel room with seven rooms.
1: Was there like monkeys and ice cream all over the place and
3: <laughs> no. no, but I wanted. I requested monkeys and ice
4: cream.
3: <laughs> so, so like the, you know, management 101, you give your direct report the nicer room, right? So I gave Rodney the the master bedroom which was was gross. It was so lavish. It had a sauna in it and a jacuzzi and the whole deal. Wow. Then we find out two days later from the front desk, you know, it's, oh, yeah, you will be staying in Michael Jackson's room. He was just here three weeks ago.
4: <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> so Rodney shares DNA with Michael Jackson uh, by sleeping in his bed.
1: Very nice. You, may, is... you may have
3: to beep that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what the hell were we talking about? We're Vista. Talking about what,
1: what's going what's going on with Vista, man? Um You know. I yeah, know I, you know. I and totally, you know that I know that you know.
3: I totally know. I'm surprised you you're catching me off guard with the Vista thing, because uh, I actually am talking to the New York Times about this. You know, normally I talk to the the, the trade rags, you know.
1: Dot net rocks and <laughs>
3: well well you guys are, are <laughs>
4: you guys
3: are smart and sensible and Non-emotional, but some of, as you know, some of the press that cover technology uh, are always looking for a scoop, and it's usually shock journalism. So, um, I, I, you know, in my personal opinion, and clearly the Windows team is not telling me, you know, okay, here's how we fucked up, and here's why we're late. In my personal opinion, I, I honestly believe, by talking to a ton of people in Redmond last week, that um, Microsoft will never ship a piece of crap software again they just won't ship a windows me ever again
2: yeah they're never going to do
3: that they've been burnt so bad and the scars are so deep from 10 years ago that if vista is buggy they are not going to ship it they'd rather be six months late and suffer the financial financial consequences which honestly are significant
2: oh sure miss missing christmas is a big deal
3: and the enterprise licensing i mean they have legal agreements with these large companies that have enterprise licensing for,
4: you know, every
3: three or four years they have to get a client OS.
1: This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. Are they really rewriting 60% of the code?
3: No, I, I doubt that.
1: I mean, that's what was reported.
3: That's ridiculous. That's shock journalism. Yeah. No, I, I think they found, you know, there's a couple teams that are behind, and they I'm guessing they found a couple spots that might be a little subject to, you know, attack surfaces for security. I'm totally guessing. Okay. And they just said, I'm guessing, screw it. We're going to have to redo this. It's going to affect the schedule, and... We might as well tell the world now that we're going to be late because it, we might as well take the heat now because the heat at the end of the year is just going to be awful. That's, well, that's my speculation on this whole thing.
2: And it blows my mind that it's March and we're talking about a slip in November. Yeah.
3: Right, which is why you can just, Richard, you can just picture those guys in right. the war room. I don't know if you, you guys probably know these terms. Yeah, the, the war, war room. room. And triage. And, triage is where you vote and, and fix bugs and yeah. you know figure out the features you're going to cut and or fix. War is between the product managers and program managers, the product planners.
4: And that's where you make
3: a decision like this. Like, okay, we're, we're going to affect the schedule by four months because we're going to have to redo X and Y and Z, and it's going to cost us, and we need to go to the press
1: next. So they're talking February, right? The CES show is their target date?
3: Uh, is that I, That I did not know. But as we all know, Microsoft tends to do product shipments around big shows, so that would make sense. If they're gonna delay a couple or three months, that would make sense.
1: Yeah, this is what I read. But in that same in that same article they also said that they were rewriting sixty percent of the code. This is this is from Slashdot a couple of days ago. I'll I'll post the link to it on the site.
3: Okay. Uh you know, that's sixty percent, that's silly. Yeah. That there's no way.
1: Yeah, I thought that was I a little mean, crazy. I mean, just think
3: about the software that you guys write. If you're going to rewrite 60%... I,
1: I know. And, you know, how long have they been working on it? Four months to rewrite 60% of the code? I don't think so.
3: Yeah, you'd, you'd rewrite rewrite the whole thing, the whole man. Do the whole kernel in .NET if you're going to do that.
1: <laughs> Which, <I understand laughs> hey, if, why stop there? Why not go for the Windows API itself? Yeah,
3: yeah. There you go. All right, that would be a beautiful OS. Sure. Certainly we wouldn't complain about uh, open APIs and not package (laughs) interfaces.
2: Are you running Vista on any machines, Tim?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got knuckleheads in the company that run in production. Rodney runs (laughs) runs it in production. Wow. And and O12. These knuckleheads have been running O12. I'm sorry, Office, the next version. Office
1: Office. 12, yes. Office 12, yeah. Now, I'm
3: running Office 12 side by side because, um, like, Outlook, unfortunately, is one of the tools that I live in for the majority of my day. Uh, these days, but uh, it's, it's, it's functional. It's just really slow. So I've, uh, I go back and forth, but like PowerPoint 12 is a disaster right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's unusable. It's beta one. Everything else is pretty damn good. Excel is amazing.
2: I'm really impressed with the new Outlook. I'm I'm blown away how nice that is. But it's a little slow, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's clunky yet. But yeah. you can see somebody's really been thinking hard. Now, Tim, you're doing a project with O12, right?
3: Yeah, and Vista, Avalon, XAML, uh, SharePoint Next. What the heck what do we call SharePoint Next? <laughs> oh, It's OSS. Yeah. Office SharePoint System? I, I can't keep That's up. That's right, yeah. I I just cannot keep up with the the code names and the real
4: names. (laughs) So,
3: yeah, we have this amazing project, and um, Gates himself, I'm told, is going to demo part of it at uh, the Worldwide CIO Summit. Wow. And and the reason it's cool, and, damn it, I wish I could show your audience this right now, Um, uh, one of our engineers, Kevin Kennedy, brilliant guy, who has, honestly, tons of graphics, Experience, so it's not like any average .NET programmer could build this in two weeks, which he did. But it's a, it's completely 3D, which means you're looking that the company is the Scripps Research Institute. There's nothing NDA about this. They are trying to solve cancer
4: and sar, wow.
3: and they do it by staring at these 3D renderings at a protein molecular level, and they they comment on them, and then they try and collaborate around the world with other Companies, there's nothing competitive about cancer research.
4: There's right, a
3: bunch of people trying to fix the problem, and they all collaborate together. Unfortunately, they collaborate by meeting once a year in Helsinki for, you know, some conference or this and that. So you're
1: trying to speed up that process.
3: Yeah. So Kevin built this Avalon base uh, wrapped in XAML, actually a 3D viewer because Avalon can do this, and it uh, it's quite snappy too. It is very very snappy on Vista, um, even in, in XP, it's snappy, uh, and it, and we're not even, those drivers aren't talking the hardware yet. Mm. So, you know, you drag this 3D rendering of these molecules around, and at an atomic level, you right-click, and, you know, some, some ontologist or oncologist or some cancer researcher notices something, a pattern, a mutation, something like that and decides to comment on it or annotate on it. So you right-click on the thing, and that annotates out to SharePoint. But it's tied to that atom, right? So the SharePoint search goes out to the world. Some other cancer researcher is searching, and they get a match. And boom, now they're staring at the same um, molecular view of this cancer cell.
1: Tim, does it have a holodeck interface?
3: <laughs> um you know what? I'll I'll have them add that as a feature and put your name on
4: it.
1: Because <laughs> I think uh, Barkley would be interested in this.
3: The, the, you know, the main program manager on this uh, from Internology uh, would not – it's taken so many feature requests that, um, yeah, we, we get shit like that all the time.
1: That is amazing.
3: Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to show you this.
2: Well, and it's so interesting that it's really about the visualization. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, this is not a big processing problem or, you know, coming up with the, the number at the end equals this. It's not a database problem. Yeah, this is, I need to see this thing so that I can feel my way visually to an answer.
3: Right, and and interestingly enough, you know, we didn't know this. We're just, you know, a bunch of application programmer guys, right, and girls. We. But Microsoft has looked at this and said two things. Number one, the Avalon team clearly Needs a, a flashy win, so they're freaking out. They, they love the thing, but Microsoft has also said, you know what? There are so many businesses that need to look at a rendering or a picture and annotate, and we have zero, we have zero, um new technology demos to do this. Hmm. So, well, you know, this thing may have a lifespan of many years and applied to many different businesses. I hope so. It's kind of yeah.
1: Cool. Me too. Good luck. How, how
3: cool would it be? What a noble cause too. Yeah, because we write a lot of business software. It's really not that interesting. Yeah. You know, we write a lot of Microsoft software. Just not that interesting.
2: But can yeah.
4: you
3: imagine writing the software that helped the company that cured cancer?
2: That's amazing. How
3: huge would that be?
2: Yeah, that's a pretty good day.
3: I get excited every time I talk about this project. And um, let me tell you one other thing. The, the guy at the Scripps Research Institute, they got me hot on this. His name is Dr. Peter Kuhn. Every time I talk to this man... A ten-minute conversation turns into an hour. He is so interesting and so passionate, and really, that's why I ran this one up the chain. Hmm. You know, we're we're not making any money on this. We're losing money on this project, and and that is no problem at all because it's so darn cool,
1: spectacular.
3: Yeah, and it's all C sharp, little bit of VB .net too.
1: What's your ETA on that?
3: Uh, we get the, well, if it was up to Microsoft, it would have been demoed at Mix last week. Ah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Rodney and those guys stood strong and said, no freaking way.
4: Are you going to
1: show it at TechEd in Boston?
3: Yeah, yeah, it'll be there. The CIO Summit's in a couple weeks. There's some medical conferences that people want to demo it at. It goes live um, in, you know, we're a functional state where actually cancer researchers are using it. Goes live. Uh, so we wanted the code will be done and, and realize on Office 12. So there's all this Excel stuff and Visto 3, Visual Studio tools for Office 3.0, and this uh, OSS dependency. You know, so we're talking about building a beta piece of software and going live on it six months before it ever ships. Well, now nine that this is delayed.
1: Now you're going to be speaking at TechEd on VSTO and workflow framework what uh, are you going to show this app in any of those sessions you think
3: yeah, i got to i got to figure out how to work it in right <laughs> either, <laughs> sure, yeah. either either uh, you know in the 5 minutes while you're standing up there looking stupid waiting to start <laughs> hey let me show you this really cool avalon app it has nothing to do with windows Workflow. yeah um, now i'll figure out a way to work it in or i'll just uh, most likely what'll happen is the avalon guys at microsoft will do it or it'll yeah. be in a
1: keynote or something. Yeah, keynote. Are you doing a keynote at
3: TechEd? Uh, I no, not that I know of. But um, you know, there's the TechEd folks are still trying to figure out speaker yeah. sessions right now. So
2: Tim, let me get this straight. You're building a piece of software of you're arguably, arguably going to cure, help cure cancer here, on all beta software, Office 12, OSS, VSTO 3, and Vista.
4: Yeah, as and well? Windows Vista.
3: That's that's kind of one good part of our business you know that's why it's kind of interesting to work at internology we do a lot of bleeding edge stuff yeah yeah so yeah, um, i'll say yeah it'll i'm sure it'll be demoed at tech ed uh it might be just as famous as the world famous de- demo i did in my smart client session on Popcatcher <laughs> last year
1: <Was laughs> thank you for that year? yeah that was last year Or was
3: that two years ago and and are you ever going to finish that code base? i
1: know i know i know actually i've been working on it a lot lately. And, of course, you know, with the alpha coming out, the functionality is first and then the glitz is next. But, you know, what we did show was the UI. Uh, That's what you did show. Yes, I did. Which was interesting um, using alpha blending uh, in VBNet, you know, for .NET 1.1. No Vista. So it had the drop shadows of the glass look. It's funny to look at that
2: now, those screenshots from a year ago with all that and saying, well, here's Vista doing that itself properly. Right.
3: And, um, you know, a, a number of people in that audience asked me for the Pop catcher skin yeah. code base. Yeah. And I just sent them to Carl. I assume you said forget it.
4: No,
1: no. We're, we're going to release the whole thing, the skinning app and everything else. Oh, good for you. Yep.
3: Oh, that's another thing about this cancer thing. Completely open source.
1: Wow, cool. Yeah. Really?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean... It's a collaboration thing.
1: Right. It's all about curing cancer. It's not about making money. And and I'm,
3: you know, the open source thing really doesn't work in most, (laughs) if not all, cases. But this is the type of thing you want to throw a code base out there. So if somebody wants to run with it and add some features or make it better or, you know, make their own version of it, it totally makes sense.
2: That's well the, cool. and really, you're talking about this like you said, annotation of visualization if this code base comes available, there's just uh, so many possible applications for absolutely this.
3: right exactly and uh you know you know Microsoft made those new open xML files format announcements last week, so we're we're gonna use that we're gonna to do that, so uh technically, you can look at that uh look at the open source thing from that angle too so the The file formats we put out, uh, which would be picture, oh, picture a PowerPoint presentation with, you know, a number of these uh, atomic views, these 3D views, but also a number of uh, cancer researchers' comments, all embedded in the PowerPoint open XML format. Which means that it can be opened and rendered by a number of tools. So Yeah, Very the whole cool. thing's pretty darn good. You know, we may go bankrupt building the damn thing. But, uh,
4: <laughs> that's I'll <laughs>
1: have kind of, of a great toy to play with. That's the kind of project I really like to work on too. Yeah, you just, you know?
3: You're on the dev team. You just invited yourself.
1: No, 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 no. I mean if I if I had to, I mean yeah. No, <laughs> no. Did I say that? Whoa.
3: <laughs> with all your free time.
1: Yeah. No, but seriously, I mean if I was working on an app, that's that's what I'd like to be working on.
3: Yeah, I got to tell you, this 3D viewer thing, uh, this 3D protein viewer thing that Kevin Kennedy built in two weeks, which is a testament to the power of, of Avalon. Or what do we call Avalon these days? WPF Windows, Windows Presentation, Presentation
2: Foundation. Foundation. Because Avalon was just too long a name.
1: Yeah. So, so, you know, Microsoft obviously takes some heat over that. But, uh, you know, the the real answer is kind of boring. It's that... They get hit with lawsuits on trademark names. Yeah. And right. that's uh, why they can't use them.
3: Uh, Windows Workflow Foundation.
1: I think that, they should that, just come up with new names, though, right? So, just like so, Zublai, you know, okay. Zubkanch, <laughs> Masba, You know, just Wait, stuff It
3: Klingon word. <laughs> yeah, <Gah. laughs> zing, but You get sued by the
2: Klingon. Dude, name it something else or I will disembowel you right here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh, I'm doing the Windows workflow um, overview session at Teched and you know WWF yeah you can't call it that
4: right right, right. right.
3: so the um, the wrestling people I'm told have already sent a nasty threatening letter to Microsoft so now Windows Workflow Foundation is just WF uh, so we have to get in the habit of calling it
4: WWF.
2: Just it's call also Wolf. the World Wildlife Federation. That's they right. had a big battle with the wrestling
1: guys.
3: Oh, you know what? It might be those.
1: They should just call it Woof. You're <laughs> done with it, you know? See, they should call me before they do any of these things. Call me, Microsoft. I- I'm the guy with the answers here.
3: They really should.
1: I don't understand how naming got so hard. It It isn't that hard. You do some research. You pick a word that doesn't mean anything. Some of the best brands in the world don't mean anything, right? They're just nonsense names.
3: That is true, but
1: yeah, Pentium
3: brand identity, yeah, right. brand awareness, and all that stuff—that's way beyond my realm of comprehension.
1: But you know what? It isn't. Uh, it's not. It's the the more of uh, the more you put yourself in the position of somebody who's trying to remember something, like the consumer the The easier it gets. I don't know. I don't think it's that hard.
3: So, well, we could steer this conversation towards marketing if you'd like. No, no, please. Please, <laughs> please no, let's get back
2: to code. Make the bad man stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this portion of .NET Rocks brought to you by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications online at www.telerik.com dot T-E-L-E-R-I-K dot com. have you been working on these days tim
3: uh let's see me you know my life's pretty fun um i get to speak to audiences and and i i get to get updates and demos from all the cool software that my folks build um
2: hey we're all going to be together in the netherlands in may that's right excited about
3: that honestly i'm very excited about that because um you guys have been telling me to do this show forever yeah yeah and well, um, so I finally got my act together and, and sent him a couple abstracts. This will be my first time, have, too. You guys must have uh, put in a good word for me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah not
1: said, n- as if your tech ed uh, prowess does you know, wasn't enough. Well, there are enough. Certain
3: conferences that, well, there, there's only one, actually, that actually turned me down when I offered to speak.
2: <laughs> really? Who would yeah. turn you down? <laughs> there's there's only one, really. Only one? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, it wasn't me. It was Javal, okay? <laughs> Javal turned you down. It wasn't me. I've been out of that process for a while. We're talking about Dev Connections, of course.
3: Yeah, which I unfortunately will not be able to speak at this year. Yeah, But um, yeah, we are going to the Netherlands. Possibly in the fall. forward to
2: that. That's going to be fun. And the the SDC guys, you know, it's just, they're a Yuzu group, but very organized. They have their own magazine, and they have this big show every year, and bring in all kinds of amazing speakers, and now they're going to have Tim
1: Huckabee. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, Amsterdam, and, beer, and
4: me.
1: Now, Perfect. we're going to have to have you on Mondays. You realize we're doing a Monday show from there.
4: <laughs> I'd
1: love to. Because Mark Miller's going to be there. The, the the All three of us are going to be there. Karen won't be there, but you'll be there. So maybe you could stick it, you could come in for girl. You could do like a Tim, something like that.
3: I'm in. As long as you don't do it like at 6 a.m. after we pull an all-nighter.
1: Oh, that's the best time to do it.
3: <laughs> maybe for Mark.
2: It's nothing more fun than doing than doing a show while you're hallucinating because you're so tired.
1: We'll also be doing a .NET Rock show live from there, and we'll be recording it. So that'll be fun.
2: Oh, we're going
3: to have a blast. Yeah. yeah, I just got my flights the other day. I'm, I'm I'm, in. I'm going. It's going to be great.
1: So, Tim, sure. getting back to your your jihad of now that you've been to the Middle East, are you going to use that word for your smart client, uh, your struggle?
3: Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, I once, I once then said uh, network Nazi in front of uh, 5,000 audience at Tech Head Europe. So
4: oh, great.
2: <laughs> oh God, that was bad.
3: I mean most of the audience laughed.
2: When you stick your foot in it, you don't fool around, yeah. do you?
3: Most of the audience laughed but after the show the you know the producer guy said, Oh my God, I can't believe you said that <laughs> And I'm like, What? What? <laughs> what? And I and then I said, I said that? Oh no. Yeah. Oh, I you know, i I'm older now.
2: Older and wiser. Yeah. Whoa.
3: Yeah. So I think you're talking about smart clients. Yes, jihad. the smart My clients. Smart client jihad. Yeah, I'm still passionate about it, but uh, you know, you would think, what did I start that mission like two, two and a half years ago? Right. Which is basically, hey, you guys, stop just building web apps just because you can.
4: Right. you so right.
3: Think about manifesting these user interfaces in in more rich and more powerful interfaces. So, um. But, you know, the, the, mu- the waters are muddy these days. You, you know, we used to be in, uh, let's see, three months ago we were in SharePoint Hysteria.
2: But I right. think right
3: now we're in Ajax Hysteria. Oh, yeah. We're in Atlas Ajax Hysteria. We actually have a huge Atlas project uh, that we're using. a uh, uh, We have a huge Ajax project that we're using the Microsoft tool Atlas to build for an ISV. Um, and you know what? It, It's a pain in the butt, but uh, it takes a ton of engineering, but the user interfaces that come out are usable. They're pretty darn good for a browser. So, you know, I think it's getting harder for software architects, at least the architects designing how the interface is going to be manifested, Hmm. Um, which is interesting, don't you think?
2: Yeah. Yet another way to build an app. I I really think we need to do a show around Atlas. I think it's a topic all by itself. Absolutely, more than one. And I've been
3: oh, uh, I I've been... totally agree because that team, and again, the Atlas team is the one building the tool to build Ajax apps. That team's bold promise, if they come through on their bold promise of making Ajax easy, that they're godlike. Sure. Ajax is a pain in the Nah. It's well, then, it's just you not know, a I simple thing. To look at it,
1: it's so complicated. There are other there are other companies doing tools that do callbacks that are easy. I mean, Telerik, for example, is doing some great stuff with asynchronous callbacks.
3: That's right, and there are some other design patterns to, to use those technologies that have been around forever. But yeah, if, if a simple tool or a tool that is you know, makes it simple, they're going to slay the world with it.
4: I yeah. would,
3: I would think. Um, so that's their bold promise. If it's not. If it doesn't make it dramatically easier, you know, Ajax dies on the vine. That's my personal opinion.
2: Mm. Yeah. The the problem, of course, is that the few apps that are out there are incredibly compelling, but you don't recognize the pain involved in getting there.
3: I could not agree with that statement more. I I mean, I'm picturing slews of client-side developers, you know. um,
2: Yeah. Well, and it's another one of these write only programming methods. Once you get it to work, you're afraid to touch it, exactly, because it'll break. And then what?
3: My other problem with AJAX, honestly, is it it needs an internet connection, and the minute that internet connection goes away or gets spotty, those apps just die on the vine.
2: Yeah, it, there's no graceful degradation in an AJAX app,
3: right? Which means you can't do you can't buy a book or you know do an auction site or Things like that we're transactional stuff you just can't do it because
4: well it, yeah. it,
3: there's no fault tolerance
1: in right that type of thing. well let's get back to the to the to the Windows client well um, w- click once I, I I'm using it now I love it apparently are it doesn't you work in-, it in
3: production are you using it for Catcher? I am thank God so yeah. when I install that you're gonna shove bits down my throat and I'm gonna say yeah I want the new version
1: yes awesome.
2: Yeah. It happens every time you fire it up because he's making new versions all the time. It just says new version. Do you want it or no? And boom, off it goes. What Nothing I like about it. this,
4: Good for you.
1: what That's I like great. about this, is that I don't have to let you know a bunch of bug fixes pile up before I release a new version. I can fix a bug, test it, and release it, and you know it's not a big deal. Next time somebody runs it, they're going to be prompted right. or not tested, as
2: the case may be. I seem recall versions where the update came and that was the end of that. Yeah. And had a, and then I waited a few minutes, ran it again, and it was so much better. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it, that really, that technology really gives you some of that, the deployment uh, beauty of a web app. And,
1: and by the way, if you haven't seen DNR TV with Brian Noyce talking about ClickOnce or heard the ClickOnce show on DNR, uh, the show we did with Brian, definitely worth a listen and a watch.
3: My, my good friend Brian, and he's writing a new book.
1: Yeah. On it. Another one. Yeah. Now, a problem doesn't work in Firefox. Oops.
2: Why? It doesn't.
1: It doesn't. I don't know why. Apparently, uh, there's technical reasons why Firefox doesn't allow it.
3: That doesn't make sense to me because IE shouldn't have hooks for ClickOnce. ClickOnce is part of the .NET framework.
1: No, I think it has to do, um, actually, I don't know. Actually, actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not recalling the technical reasons, but there are some reasons why it doesn't work in Firefox. Well,
3: it's not like it's the only thing that doesn't work in Firefox.
1: No, well, that's true. But I mean, Microsoft <laughs> could have made it work with Firefox, but they chose to shelve that uh, fix for whatever reason.
3: And and you know, I, Firefox is neat and all, but in Microsoft's defense, the only people using this browser are the technology elite. Right, the people listening to your show. Well,
1: the developers use it, and they're certainly.
3: Grandma Huckabee doesn't know what a Firefox is. That's true. Grandma Campbell, the one skinning beavers up there in Canada, (laughs) she she doesn't know what a Firefox is.
1: You know, well, I had my mother use it because uh, at the time, you know, it was it was uh, easier to deal with spyware and stuff with. uh, all right, well, Grandma Firefox.
3: Franklin is an exception.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, when
3: you. we're
2: going and deploying Firefox to other people, it's breaking the rules. Yeah, well, you know, that's a different thing entirely. I
4: just. Think okay, oh, well, you know, so what, how do we much... really
1: want to go there? I mean, we could talk about this if you like.
3: I, I don't care. About
1: Firefox versus IE. I mean, there were very good reasons to use Firefox. When, oh, I totally And agree. there are reasons to use it now. I mean, tab browsing is great. IE7's been a long time in development. We don't have it yet. You know? Let's but, go. And
3: Carl, the, the only people using this are the technology elite. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter which is the, the best product. It really right.
1: doesn't. But anyway, back to click once. You know, assuming that... Uh, Assuming that, that that problem works itself out one way or another. Um, oh,
2: all right, I got an, and I got an explanation
1: for why Click Once doesn't work on Firefox. Okay.
2: So the issue around ClickOnce uh, and Firefox is this MIME type that's implemented in IE that's not implemented in Firefox, which uh, is the, the XM, SM, uh, XMS application uh, type, because Click makes- Once generates these application files, right? Oh, right. IE knows what to do with them. Firefox does not.
3: But could you not configure Firefox to know what to do with them?
2: Well, then there's a bit more to it than that, right? I mean, this, the, it's not just enough to say, oh, I know what this is, do this. It's actually having all the code underlying on how to deal with that. But there is uh, a utility made in the Firefox community, to, uh, a plug-in to compensate.
4: Mm-hmm. So okay. I mean, there's
2: a solution here. Uh, uh, there's a thing called the co-helper that's supposed to deal with that. It doesn't make it. It's definitely not click once anymore, but at least it's just an out-and-out fail.
1: Okay. All right. So it still doesn't help you use ClickOnce with Firefox, but at least it doesn't fail.
2: Yeah. And we'll we'll put a link on uh, on the show uh, from the show on this. Uh so if you are a Firefox guy, you can uh, you can probably make it work.
1: Okay. Good enough. Fascinating. So yeah, I I'm I'm very very happy with ClickOnce. I'm happy with the way it publishes. I'm happy with the way it updates. Everything about it is just spectacular.
2: I think the big thing for me is not the initial publish. As the initial publish is still you got to pass me a link. Da 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 da. I think the big thing is the subsequent updates. Right. That every time I run the program, it just updates itself. It also, no big
1: deal. It also looks to see that you have the framework installed or don't, in in that case, and gives you a, a link to it. I, I did that on my um my. All right, so. My wife is using my tablet PC because she's bedridden. She basically has her foot up in bed. She had a foot surgery. She's not walking around a lot. She's not completely bedridden, but, I mean, she gets up, walks around a little bit, but she can't, like, go go drive. She can't drive. She can't get out. So she's sitting watching TV most of the time and using the tablet, and uh, I wanted to install Popcatcher for her, and so we went up there, and and she didn't have Framework 2.0, so we installed it. It only took 10 minutes. It really didn't take long. It took ten minutes to download and install a reboot. You're done, and uh, and I like the fact that it's that it's right there. I mean, in the past, how how much of a pain was it to go find the link to the .NET framework and give it to somebody, and then they don't know what to do with it? And now it's a, it's just like some link that you sent. You know, why should this be? Why should we do this? Kind of was the is the attitude, but now it's just part of the setup. Here, click here, and I like it. Well,
3: it's it a works. beautiful thing, and I can't wait till that large auction company and that large bookseller and every internet re- retailer has a WinForm version of their software.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, m- maybe it's not. It's
3: happening. I promise you. In the next twelve months.
2: Well, you know you the, they don't. I have read to an do interesting it. stat recently that eBay. Fifty percent of their listings now are generated by an application.
1: Yeah, I was going to say they don't have to write the application. The applications are out there. They expose everything through web services, so you can basically write an app to as a front end to eBay or Amazon. Uh, anybody can do that.
3: Yeah, good point. It's going to happen.
1: Yeah, and uh, we saw some demos of uh, of what is it? The calendar sharing in Outlook uh, Outlook Twelve. About. Oh man. I love uh, they the, the
2: calendar capabilities of Outlook twelve. Where they snuggle up to some, to some of these web
1: services and overlay the, the you know, the, the release of albums on Amazon, overlay that against your calendar, things like that.
3: Have you seen the uh, voicemail or the phone system integration with Outlook? No. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. What, what is, is it? it? Well, you know, it's it's um it's all those third party companies that honestly have been around a while. You know, we have a Windows-based phone system, so if, if, you, if you call me and leave me a voicemail, I get an email with a WAVE attachment.
4: That's right, now, right. But
3: that's now all completely integrated in Exchange and Outlook. Cool. Yeah. Well, it will be when it ships.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is there a new version of Exchange coming out, too? Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, but if we're... You know, I'm kind of bummed about that. Why? Because, you know, you know where Microsoft does very well where they see competition, right? Historically, Microsoft responds to competition. Yes. Just does the most kick-ass piece of software. And they have no competition in Exchange, which means, you know, that the next version of Exchange, it's got some Federation stuff, and it's got a little bit of that, the stuff I just mentioned to work with Outlook. But really, we're not talking about a revolutionary release. I mean, it, and and frankly, it's, I fear it's still going to be a big black box like it is now.
2: Yeah, Exchange is about the only piece of software from Microsoft I really fear.
3: There's no, you know, we we may beg for managed interfaces, but there's like no interfaces to that thing.
2: Yeah, well, you know, and you're you're bumping up against an interesting issue here, which I think is maybe a kind of a neat way to close the show. Just talking, you we t- we started out talking about .dot NET adoption, right. The one place I just don't see a whole mess of .NET adoption is inside of Microsoft.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. yes. That is quite the argument internally. Yeah. And it's a battle, too, because as you imagine, there are some .NET evangelists in that company.
2: Believers, yes, no doubt about it. You've
3: got people in Office and Exchange that are like, and Windows, you know. Why? Why do we want to do that?
2: Well, and I don't believe in the idea of writing an OS in .NET. Sure. I mean, the underlying code, some things were meant for C and C++. There's no two ways about it, right? And, and operating systems, Cutler, I think, qualify.
3: And plus, Cutler built that Windows kernel. And it's, yeah. you know, it, that's, there's no reason to throw that away. No. I agree with you there, <laughs>
2: Richard. But everything on top of it should have a managed interface.
3: Well, I think, in, you know, if anybody will listen to me up there, I'll say this to them. But I think Gates or Sanjay or Eric Rutter, whoever it is, just come... And say to every product team, I want you guys to have a managed code interface strategy within the next six months, or I'm going
2: to kick your ass.
1: Right. I mean, just I have a plan. That, or I'm going to kick your ass part that they don't want to implement. <laughs> but it's
2: not the first time Microsoft said that. Microsoft said that about security, Microsoft said that about internet technology. Yeah. You yeah, know, they've gone Gates. to their teams and said, you must do this.
3: Yeah, it took Gates to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what it takes. It's going to be a mandate like that. I'd like to see a .NET media player,
1: you know?
3: All I want are interfaces, you know? Yeah. I don't care if they wrap the com. I don't care. Just get, just give us interfaces.
2: Well, isn't that ultimately what VSTO really is?
3: Oh, VSTO is so complex, uh, because, frankly, because they're dealing with black boxes like Outlook. Right. Mm. <laughs> right.
2: There's no good way in, so naturally the interface can't be What happy. we're really
1: talking about is writing a completely new managed interface that is com-free, that to be of, to be of any value. Because if we have com interfaces, we have interop, and it works well. But if we don't, you know, what we need to do is redesign the interfaces, leave the com ones in place, and provide a managed wrapper around the native code. That uh, makes sense. That, brother. You know?
3: That's the world I want to live in.
4: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I'm not asking him to do
2: it this week, you know. I just want a plan. Let me know the next couple of versions I'm going to get this, that you right. give it some priority. Give right. me a component, so can you guys man. Can
3: get Bill Gates on the
1: show? Yeah, that's Say, a,
3: hey, Bill, we want you to, you know, make your product. We want you to do, do this. A, uh, get a, make them do a managed code strategy, an interface strategy.
1: I mean, well, this is in their best interest, right? Because if they have developers that are writing managed code against managed code for the native applications, that cements their ties to those applications. So, you know, this is in their best interest.
4: I don't think it takes
1: a rocket scientist to figure that out.
2: Yeah. You know, after all, Microsoft made their money off the developers. Not so much that we wrote all their code for them or anything like that, but because what makes ultimately computers compelling is the programs we write to put the bits together. You give us good bits so that we can put things together. People will buy more boxes.
1: Well, hopefully somebody will pass this around inside inside Redmond, and it'll, it'll get up the chain.
3: Wouldn't that be hilarious?
1: Wouldn't it? Change the world, man. Well, here we go. Well, it's a good idea, so you can't argue with a good idea. Tim, uh, we like to close the show by asking our guests what the coolest thing that they've either downloaded or seen online is. And, um, you know, Microsofties are typical for saying some Microsoft product that they're working on which is kind of, you know, okay, well, we just did a show on this. Uh, A lot of people have said Skype. I'm trying to give you some things to avoid here so that we don't roll, you know. No, I'll
3: I'll give you one, and it won't be that um, Avalon viewer that we built, that 3D (laughs) viewer. No, I have one. I kind of get the name of it here. I have one that is so cool. Um, Okay, so here is the, the coolest thing that I'm using right now. It's called... Forerunner converter. It is a C sharp um, parsing program, and what it does, you, you may or may not know. I'm a runner, mountain biker, snowboarder type guy. Yeah. I have a Garmin GPS that is like a wristwatch,
4: and right. And, and a
3: GPS watch will will allow you, you know, it'll tell you how far you've gone, how fast you're going, things like that. But it it interfaces to the Garmin software, and in an XML format, nicely. Structured XML, it, it outputs your runs or your, you know, your snowboards or your bikes or whatever. So, picture Google Earth or the Microsoft product doesn't matter, and you're looking at a satellite image. And this genius in Germany, uh, Goldman.de is the website, um, and his name is Martin Goldman. Has written a parser to take the Garmin format and out put it to google earth format so that you can stare at your run or your ride imposed on a satellite image
4: nice, hey,
1: nice. And it's
3: so cool and like if you go snowboarding then every up and down you've done all day long it just imposes it on the mountain
2: Wow. And I remember when we were on the road trip, you emailed me about That's this. That's right. You oh, I already wanted... told
3: you about this thing. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, you didn't tell me about this. You told me that you wanted to do You this. wanted to do it, and it was hard no, to do because I... so, of power so requirements. This is what
3: inspired me. Martin Goldman inspired me. I want to do it in real time. Right. right. This is a static image after you're done. You've exported the, the, the data off your Garmin device. I want to do it in real time. That's my dream. And then do a charity based on that. You know, I'm going to go suffer a marathon and and give and all. You
2: can the money show to and you can diabetes. demonstrate that you're as you're running.
3: Yeah, here's where Suffering dot com, and it shows me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's my dream. And then give all the money to diabetes, or my brother's an epileptic, so. You know the epilepsy foundation, or that's uh, good, you know, great, something like that. That's my dream. Too. And that,
1: by the way, is Goldman with two N's. G O L D M A N N D E. Also, shrinkster dot com slash de six. I uh, coincidentally enough. All right, well, that brings us to the end of another great show. Tim, thank you very much for joining us.
3: My pleasure, boys. Always a good uh, good time to talk to you.
1: And Richard, we'll talk to you and the listeners, of course, next week on .NET Rocks. Thank you. Thanks.
0: .NET Rocks can be found online at www.dotnetrocks.com and at msdn.microsoft.com slash d-o-t-n-e-t-r-o-c-k-s. .NET Rocks is edited each week by Jeff Maciolik, that's me, and Carl Franklin, who is also executive producer. All music heard on .net Rocks, including Toy Boy, the theme song, is created and produced by Carl Franklin and Franklin Brothers band. Carl Never sleeps. .NET Rocks is produced for Franklin's Net by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. Plop, it's time to get your impact back. Hot,